Welcome to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Michael Davis. WWE's major issues as of late are creating stars, not investing in a tag team division, and a thinning roster. But are those issues being compensated by happenstance? It's Good Friday, and it's a good day to have a podcast up next. This is a special episode because it is the 10th episode of the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast, and it's also happening on Good Friday. Happy early Easter to everyone listening, and we also, uh, this week, launched a brand new Facebook page. You can follow us. We have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, and we're going to continue building uh, the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast over various platforms, and so if you're not already Go follow us on Instagram. Go give our new Facebook page a like. But I want to dive into this topic. So recently, uh, WWE's top heels and top faces were leaked. And the list is as follows. That the top faces on Monday Night Raw are Cody Rhodes, Bobby Lashley, and AJ Styles. Obviously, Cody returning to WWE at WrestleMania. Um, the top face on SmackDown is Drew McIntyre. Uh, no others listed after that. And then the top heels for Monday Night Raw are Seth Rollins, followed by Kevin Owens, Edge, and surprisingly on this list, Damian Priest. He's starting to get a huge push, being aligned with Edge after Edge's new persona. And the top SmackDown heel, obviously, you don't have to strain too much. It is Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, I might add. And so the big um, knock on WWE is, you know, over the last 10 years, they haven't really built anybody, you know, because you had Hogan, okay? After Hogan, you had Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. After that, you had... Austin, you had Rock. Undertaker stretched over 30 years of this, by the way. He just went into the Hall of Fame. But after Austin Rock, you had John Cena, Randy Orton. And then after Cena goes a little more part-time, you then have the Shield with Reigns and Rollins. Obviously, Ambrose isn't there anymore. He's in AEW. But since Rollins and Reigns, there hasn't been anyone built to take over that. Or, in that case, to supplement the rest of the roster. And there's been a huge um, shift in NXT. NXT used to be a place ran by Triple H. And it's honestly not a developmental place. It was a third brand, like equal to Raw and SmackDown. I'm pretty sure Vince wasn't happy about it overshadowing the flagship shows a lot of the times. But NXT has now gone this huge revamp with NXT 2.0. And I mentioned uh, perhaps on an earlier episode of the podcast what this transition means. And we may be looking back in five years of like, wow, look what NXT 2.0 brought us. But... The black and gold brand NXT, you know, had amazing talent like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, you know, so many others that 
have either not had an opportunity at the main roster or have flopped majorly. And one of one of my main issues is, you know, a report came out recently, which you don't really need a report for this news, that Vince McMahon doesn't want people on the main roster using their real name or a name they used on the independents. Like Vince wants to own that trademark name. He wants to create a whole new identity for that wrestler or superstar. Got to use the WWE terms, right? And so now you're rebranding people as they come up, and it might be a little, you know, a little tweak. You know, Raquel Gonzalez just got called up to the main roster. She's now Raquel Rodriguez. You have uh, Austin Theory dropping his first name because Austin is his first name in real life to just Theory. Don't get me started on that. Um, And then you have some that are just outlandish so you have pete dunn who is now butch um aligned with seamus and ridge holland and you have i'm i'm i don't i don't think i'm gonna butcher this name because i've heard this name pronounced four different ways so walter uh maybe about a month two months ago got changed to either gunter or gunther or gunther what i i don't even know um, I've heard it pronounced four different ways on the same broadcast. If you watched his SmackDown debut with someone by his side named Ludwig Kaiser, um, changed from Marcel Bartel uh, from NXT, Fabian Eichner, nowhere to be seen. I don't know if he gets released soon or if he's going to uh, join them on SmackDown or if he's going to get completely repackaged down in NXT. But they're having a trouble time to transition um, a lot of these guys from NXT to the main roster without having some sort of backlash. And you would think that NXT 2.0 would allow, you know, allow the WWE to build a brand, build a name, and then when they debut on the main roster boom, you already have somebody who is established with the fan base, who knows who that wrestler is, superstar, whatever, and, like, push them from there rather than starting from scratch with, you know, now Ludwig Kaiser or Gunter or Theory or Butch, and now you're having to kind of try to see if, that character is going to hit, and you had that entire time under the developmental brand of NXT to see if that character hit. So that that's what issues I have. But looking at the top faces and heels, like WWE really needs a star. And I would go ahead and say that Roman Reigns is a star. Like you don't have to you don't have to think of it in the way of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everybody knows Stone Cold, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Uh, everyone knows John Cena, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Roman Reigns is getting there, and I think by next year's WrestleMania, if we do get Roman Reigns versus The Rock, Roman Reigns will be that name where any person walking the face of the earth, particularly in the United States, will know who Roman Reigns is. Oh, he's that guy from WWE. Okay, but looking at these other top faces and heels, 
nobody's going to flock to their TVs to watch. Um, no offense, AJ Styles versus Damian Priest. They're getting a push. They're up there, and they are great at what they do. But, you know, WWE hasn't really built anybody. Um, and hopefully Damian Priest gets this push. But one thing that WWE lucked out on um, that could, you know, kind of cover up their issues with building stars is Cody. Like, Cody absolutely fell in WWE's lap. And Cody, um, the son of Dusty Rhodes, that should have been enough. And in his first run in WWE, we got dashing slash disfigured Cody Rhodes. We got Stardust, which was which was a knock on his brother's Goldust theme. Like, and then Cody left. Cody left after the Stardust gimmick. He's like, I'm out. I want creative control. I want I want to protect my character and my name. And so, years and years and years later, you know. He finally gets the Rhodes name. He can start going by Cody Rhodes instead of just Cody. He builds AEW. He builds his brand. He builds his own stardom. And then he jumps to WWE. WWE does not deserve Cody. And I mentioned this, oh, what, last week's podcast. Like, it felt weird. It felt awkward watching Cody Rhodes using his kingdom theme song and everything he built in aw on wwe it looked it felt like a video game and felt felt wrong honestly felt like your favorite star player on your sports team exchanging jerseys it'd be like seeing magic johnson in a celtics jersey um tom brady in a jets uniform you know packers fans experienced it with brett Favre wearing a vikings jersey but cody literally fell in wwe's lap and now WWE has a star. And I've watched Raw um, last couple weeks. Two weeks ago, it was a complete bust. Uh, this week was entertaining. This week was great. Um, probably everything meant something. But in the last two Raws, six hours of content, you know, three of the best things was Cody's return promo, talking about his father holding the world title but never winning it. Um, the Miz TV that started out this Monday's Raw, and then his match with The Miz. Like, they are capitalizing on Cody's stardom that he built on his own in AEW, and this might have fixed and put a Band-Aid on their star development issues, and we're going to talk more about Cody Rhodes, um, the true impact he's having on the business, and could some people from AEW be joining Cody? And this transaction, we'll talk about that more next on the show. Welcome back to the show. And we were just talking about Cody Rhodes and him fixing the star issues with WWE. Obviously, WWE, in my opinion, hasn't built a true star um, really other than Roman Reigns. Like, we got Reigns and Lesnar at WrestleMania, and I'm like, okay, that's the big ticket match, but what else, right? And everybody was waiting on the pending arrival, the return of what Corey Graves called the prodigal son, Cody Rhodes. And now this has put a Band-Aid on the star development issues that WWE has had 
honestly the last seven eight years um but this could be one of the more monumental moves in the wrestling business if you look back to the 90s where scott hall and kevin nash jumped from wwe to wcw you know that changed the business okay then a couple years later um you have you know jericho and eddie and benoit all kind of leaving wcw at the same time you know moving to wwe um and who cannot forget hulk hogan's triumphant move which i've related cm punk's return to professional wrestling and debuting in aew to hulk hogan having that same impact but cody going being the first one to go from AEW to WWE is huge. Like, I think we're going to look back at this, you know, five, ten years from now. Um, I fully expect AEW to still be around. Um, WWE is not going anywhere. Don't don't kid yourself. WWE will never go out of business. Um, not as long as I'm alive, um, which may be who knows how long. But with with the last few years, we've seen a lot of people get released or decide to leave WWE to join AEW. Like Dean Ambrose, Brian Danielson, um, there's so many guys, Malachi Black, you know, Rusev, you know, I'm using some WWE and AEW names interchangeably, but that but that's been the move. That's been that's been what wrestlers want to go to is AEW for that freedom, um, for more of an emphasis on wrestling. And Cody realized, hey, I'm a star now, so I can jump from AEW to WWE, being the first one to do that. And Cody had some interesting comments this week about if people wanted to follow him from AEW to WWE, he would be honest with them. What that looks like, I don't know. Um, Cody built this empire, All Elite Wrestling, um, to get people away from WWE. And as soon as he leaves for WWE to make his return there, I don't know what goes on next, right? Um, there's been a lot of rumors that MJF's contract expires in a couple years. Would he really leave for WWE? Three months ago, I'm like, no way. There, there's no way he would do that. But now that Cody's left, like the door, the door's been open. Like the true forbidden door. The you hear about the forbidden door of like, you know, AEW and New Japan and TNA and ROH and all these guys like, you know, cross branded matches um, to give fans dream matches, and that is a forbidden door. But I think the real forbidden door was open when Cody left AEW to join WWE. Nobody's ever done that. That was forbidden. Um, and now MJF, who has full creative control on the microphone, would he go to WWE for the money? Would he go to WWE because he's built his name? Would he go to WWE and try to be the top heel over there? I don't know. I, 
as a fan and knowing that MJF's content would change. I mean, just look at LA Knight. I'd love MJF to stay in AEW. But again, who knows? Would Jericho go back? You know, Jericho made the appearance on the Stone Cold uh, Broken Sessions, which is on Peacock through the WWE, I would say, network, but that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, would Jericho go back for a last hurrah? You know, he still has a good relationship with Vince. You know, if he realizes that AEW has outgrown him, would he go back? You know, some people who necessarily haven't been the top of the AEW card, do they want to try their chances in WWE? I think of I think of Kip Sabian, who we haven't seen really since the pandemic. Um you know, he was a big star in the pandemic. Miro came in, and then Kip Sabian got hurt, and now he's been off TV. He's seen all this new influx of talent. The Sabians still have a spot on the card. You know, men of the year, Scorpio Sky was one of the guys at the beginning of AEW who was like, okay, this is the next guy, but then he's been passed on. You know, Ethan Page comes in, you know, this big hype, and then two months later, he's thrown into a tag team with Scorpio Sky. Do they, who honestly look and fit the WWE mold, make that transition to the E um, gun club? You know, Austin, Colton Gunn, uh, the sons of Billy Gunn. Like, they're super young in their careers. They're just trying to get their name out there in AEW. Does their father, you know, advise them, hey, let's make the switch to WWE. You have the gun name, whether you use it or not. Vince doesn't like that. But Cody's impact returning to WWE is so monumental. One, it gave WWE a star they desperately needed. And two, we may be looking back in five to ten years and being like, wow, look at the AEW stars who ended up jumping ship to WWE. Following Cody and now... Their career may have flopped. Their career may have boomed. But we're we're going to see some more dream matches. Like right now, if you look at the WWE and AEW roster separately and try to have dream matches, we're going to see a lot more of those than we realize 10 years from now, whether it's on one brand or the other. So when we come back, we talked about WWE's issues um, with the tag team division and you know, with happenstance, they may be fixing that and how that compares to AEW's tag division next on the show. Welcome back to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis. And to close the show, we've been talking about WWE and how creative has, you know, not built up a star and, you know, Cody coming back to WWE kind of gives them that Band-Aid. And it was all because Cody's contract expired and he inquired, hey, you know, what would it take to get me back to WWE? And now, over the last several years, we've understood that WWE hasn't put an emphasis on tag team wrestling. You know, this is why the revival, known now as FTR, left. They're like, we don't want the titles. We don't want this big match. We just want tag team wrestling to mean something. 
And I think AEW has done that. You know, AEW has made tag team wrestling matter with, you know, just look at their division, how stacked it is. You have FTR, you have the Bucks, you have Jurassic Express, you had Lucha Brothers, you have Santana Ortiz, and then you had Red Dragon and the Hardys who came in, you know, very recently to add depth to that tag team division. And then you have some, you know, up-and-coming tag teams. You have Private Party, you have Top Flight, you have the House of Black. Like, you have so much depth in just that one division for the tag teams. And if you look at, you know, WWE's depth, or like thereof in tag teams, it's it's like a third of AEW's. Like, you have the Usos, obviously, you know, Jimmy Uso has had some, you know, outside the ring issues um, necessarily with DUIs. How reliable is he when he's clean, when he's sober? The Usos are one of the best tag teams in WWE. You have the Street Profits, who are pretty good. I would love to see Montez Ford in a singles run here in the next few years, but you can't split them up because of the lack of depth in the tag team division. You have Alpha Academy, which I think was a great, great move for both Chad Gable and Otis's career. And then you have RK Bro, which is obviously the most over tag team you have right now with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. But how long do they stay a tag team? They've they were supposed to break up last summer and fans would not let it happen. And you know, they had it, you know? And then WWE doesn't really have any tag teams ready for the main roster down in NXT. Um, obviously, with uh, recent events, MSK, no longer an option. Uh, Nash Carter was released after some stuff came out about him and Kimberly, another professional wrestler, um, not affiliated with WWE. But MSK, no longer an option. You know, you have Legato Del Fantasma, which I love as a trio's tag team, but do you really think, you know, they're going to transition Legado Del Fantasma to the main roster as they are, you know, especially after recent events with, you know, all the main roster call-ups, leaving Fabian Eichner out of Imperium on the main roster as of now, you know. And then you have the Creed Brothers, which Creed Brothers probably has the most, um, dare you say, potential um, for the main roster switch. But are they ready? know they've only been wrestling you know what a year not even so do you do you move the creed brothers up and try to sustain a tag team division on them while they may be the future you don't want to call them up too soon and so what does wwe do with a lack of a tag team division oh not to mention you had rick boogs and shinsuke nakamura but rick boogs injured his knee and now he's going to be out for an unknown amount of time which will be a substantial amount of time you know because he required surgery um a couple days after wrestlemania what do you do now okay and this is kind of crazy because wwe the last three months has been just completely changed off of one thing roman reigns contracting covid and missing the day one pay-per-view Okay, because that day one pay-per-view, you had Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. That was supposed to be the match. We were supposed to get Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre at this year's WrestleMania. Okay, 
Roman comes down with COVID, they're not going to drop the title because of COVID. So Brock Lesnar, scheduled to appear at day one, gets inserted into the WWE Championship match, making a fatal five-way. No Raw storyline was um, interesting enough to warrant a WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. So what happens? Brock Lesnar gets in the match, wins the WWE title, and they build a title unification match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, unifying the two world titles. You know, so now Roman Reigns is WWE champion and Universal champion. They get that big payoff match, Reigns and Lesnar, at WrestleMania. And now they're like, okay, you know, we have you know this amount of faces. You know, we have this amount of heels. Obviously, the heels are probably, you know, more substantial right now. Maybe we'll see a face turn out of Rollins or Owens sometime, somewhere down the line. But you have Lashley, you have Styles, you have McIntyre, you have Rhodes eventually, who can challenge Roman Reigns significantly for the title. But now let's look at this tag team division. Who's running around with Roman Reigns? Oh, the Usos. Who do the Usos have to wrestle now? Well, after Rick Boogs' injury, looking at the WWE uh, tag team, particularly on SmackDown, you have Los Lotharios, Angel and Humberto. They're not really getting a push, and they're also heels right now. You could change them. You have the Viking Raiders, which we've seen over and over again. You have the New Day, which we've seen over and over again. So let's look at the Monday Night Raw tag teams. And you're like, you know what? This would be the perfect opportunity to unify the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. And now that we don't have depth for two divisions on Raw and SmackDown, let's unify the titles. And that that's not confirmed right now. It's not confirmed that they're going to unify the titles. But it's been hinted over the last several weeks that we're going to get the Usos versus RK-Bro for the title unification. And we'll have one world champion. We'll have two mid-card champions. We'll have two women's champions. And then we'll have one tag team, one set of tag team champions. And then it helps build the Roman Reigns story at the end of the day. The Usos dominate in the tag team division. Roman Reigns dominating. And then eventually, I assume, we're going to get Solo Sokoa on the main roster. He's going to take a mid-card title because um, nobody really cares about those anymore. And then we're going to have The Rock come in, hopefully at next year's WrestleMania. So all that to say, you know, WWE has benefited from two things that they had no control over, and it's actually helped the product. One of those being Cody Rhodes' contract expiring from AEW, and the second one is Roman Reigns contracting COVID and missing the day one pay-per-view. Off those two things, off happenstance, WWE has benefited, and when they could have shot themselves in the foot, they're not. That, that's insane to me. Um, so, not saying that WWE's creative writing is superb, but, you know, to survive in this business, to put on a good product, 
you do need some intelligence in the writing room or whoever's putting together the show. But it also is very much luck and very much happenstance. Um, but I hope everyone here has a great Easter weekend. I know I am. I'm excited um, to just sit back, relax, um, enjoy the reason for Easter. And, you know, until next time here on the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast, I'm your host, Michael Davis. Go follow us on Instagram. Go like our page on Facebook. Share this episode with your friends. And we will get together next Friday here on the show.